Wall Street is full of corruption and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbine. All right, everybody, it is Steve, the Rogue Scholar, making sure I'm not muted and just checking in with you guys. It's a really kind of a overcast day on a Monday. And, uh, you know, I, I received some crazy ass inboxes, folks. Um, I received some really insane inboxes from people over time. And I usually don't, you know, show. Uh, I usually don't show the screenshots because I'm not, I'm not into the warfare. Um, even though I know people like to do battle with me and try and say crap about me, I really try not to uh, do that. But this is such an important subject because we can't move forward if we can't critique our, uh, you know, our leaders, the the people that take these leadership roles. We can't, we can't really do much of anything um, if, if, that's, if that's kind of the, the stronghold. But I'm going to read something to you, and, and it's going to be on my phone, so I'm not going to show you who said it because it could be rando person from anywhere. But it's important so you understand what I'm talking about as a real honest-to-God foundation. So I just the other day, I put up a tweet uh, responding to a Bernie Sanders tweet where he talked about, I know everyone's depressed. I know everyone's sad. I know people are, you know, feeling downtrodden and concerned and so forth. And, and I replied back, I, I did a, you know, a quote tweet, whatever the fuck these things are called. And I basically said, you know, a lot of people poured their entire heart, soul, and money that they didn't have into fighting for Bernie Sanders to put Bernie Sanders in there. And they didn't just do it once in 2015. They also did it twice in 2019 when he tried to run again. And, and people were literally throwing themselves myself included. I, I worked hard, to try to elevate Bernie Sanders. Cause there's literally been no one. I don't care how slick and cool you think you are. There's been no one that has gotten us talking about democratic socialism, much less leftist circles on a grand scale, like Bernie Sanders, even if it's milk toast, even if you think it's not strong enough, even if you think he's a sellout, all the other things that go with the standard comeback for Bernie Sanders these days. Fact is, is that many of us, if not most of us, put our heart and soul in to try to get what amounts to be like the first time a real honest to God leftist had a shot. And we all worked overtime, triple time, quadruple time, try to help this guy land. So anyway, I said one thing, one small thing, basically, and it wasn't even a shot so much at Bernie as it was to the corrupt primary system 
that prevents people like Bernie or anyone else for that matter to get through? And my answer was a lot of people have lost hope. A lot of people after watching part one of your capitulation and them literally kneecapping you and doing everything they could to prevent you or our goals from coming to fruition. They didn't just do it in 2015 with Hillary. They did it again with Joe Biden. This person lost their fucking mind, literally lost their mind, sent me this message. Now, mind you, I've already talked to Jordan about this because he threatens to tattle on me to Jordan at status quo. It's like, okay. Okay. But he goes, I will be informing Jordan of your attempts to libel, label me for debunking your lies about Bernie being a fraud. I never said Bernie was a fraud. Whatever you want to do. It's pathetic. There are a lot of people in this world that are pushing carbon into the air that maybe have already exhausted their usefulness, but this is one of them because I, whatever. And he goes, I'm telling you, you won't be labeling Bernie supporters, hero worshipers with a mental issues on my watch. Stop hero worshiping yourself. So I did what most of people do these days. Gave him the thumbs up. (laughs) Gave him the thumb, you know. But then I came back and I said, person, I'll keep his name out of this. It's a he. So there I gave up the gender said you kindly told me that you would you would go our separate ways and i will ask you to uphold your end of the bargain because i I just don't feel like dealing with this nonsense it comes back and i said and i informed jordan myself i won't ever allow an individual to censor me or backdoor scold me or publicly do it you do you my podcast has Bernie Sanders as the lead off. We are fighting for a political revolution. You have and then and then and then and then and then MMT. You know, you get the point. And I said, uh, my receipts are there. You, my friend, if you ever were my friend, are a judgmental guy who feels he can control people. And that is a problem I'm not willing to allow. I reject your attempts to control me. And I reject your entire poor understanding of what I say. And that's it. I'm not going to go any further than that. It seems pretty benign, kind of like silly, but it's not silly. The problem is, as I said, the most slightest thing that wasn't like salivating over Bernie Sanders, that was basically saying, look, a lot of people have lost hope. A lot of people have checked out. A lot of people saw what they needed to see from both number one. Many quit after number one. But many saw stuck around and tried to do number two and saw number two, and it turned out exactly the same way, but the exact same establishment willing to allow a Republican to be president rather than allow a populist movement win the presidency. But ever since Bernie kind of gave up part two, rolled in, talked about his friend Joe Biden, this movement has been without a rudder without a compass, without a sail. And it's basically been floating on the open ocean, no wind just out there, baking under the freaking, you know, climate change driven sun. And it's not getting anywhere. 
There's no one actively fighting for a Green New Deal. Why? Because you've got a neoliberal in the front office. Their Congress has tucked tail and is focused on, you know, things that they should have addressed long ago so we didn't have to deal with the fallout of Roe v. Wade and all the other things that come with not tending to the Supreme Court when you had the opportunity. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I'm talking to you. Um, you know, Barack Obama, you know, Joe Biden, when you walked in the front door, you had the opportunity to do all these things, didn't do it. So now all of a sudden the Supreme Court did what we knew the Republicans were working to try to do. I mean, they are working, whether you like them or not, and I don't like them, but whether you like them or not, they are working for their constituents. Trust me, those pro-life people are thrilled to death. They have they have seen their president, they have seen their guys do what the left, the left, won't do for itself. Because we, unlike the Republicans, we are stuck sitting there staring at a centrist party that is a Wall Street party that has no intention whatsoever of serving regular people because the people that they're really concerned with is capital, the, the business leaders, the lobbyists, the money makers. That's where their concern is. And those people's concern is ensuring that we're available to them at whatever price they want to pay for our labor, that we're available for whatever work we want to do, even if we don't want to do the work they have to offer, and that we ultimately are just shit in their machine. That's it. We're just a token, just something, discard and use up whatever. So with that in mind, the right wing is doing just exactly what it wanted to do. It has been planning the long game for a very, very long time, long, long time. They have been operating without a specific leader, though they've had specific leaders. They're rich. The Koch brothers and others have worked really, really hard to, in fact, ensure that they're prepared if someone calls a constitutional convention, they have prepared and made sure that they've got the state houses in check. They have made sure that they've got the judiciary from the bottom tier all the way through the top tier in the Scottis. They have ensured that they have everything they need. They have been planning this strategy out since the 60s. It was a long game, but they have absolutely been working tirelessly. And what has the Democrats been doing that time period? The Democrats have been steadily trying to be GOP light. And each time the GOP pivots further to the right, the Democrats pivot further to the right with them. The ratchet effect is real. You can see it. You can see it. It's clear. So brings us to this point. You know, everybody tried to say that there was no no big deal in president. President can't do anything. And you know, why are you so focused on president, focus on state and local elections and so forth? And all that's fine and well. But the problem is, is that we don't have an identity. The left doesn't have an identity. We are battling like this weird split personality between Democrats who are centrists, who are bougie, I mean, a friend of mine sent me pictures of a fundraiser for a North Carolina congressperson. And, uh, 
you know, ultimately it was all rich people and it was all these young people who were born with a trust fund and silver spoon in their mouth, having finger foods at the governor's mansion, so to speak, or at some mansion. I've been saying for a long time that I don't believe that we can vote our way to victory. It doesn't mean I say don't vote. There's a lot of really bad people. And I, I, can't, I can't even give them the benefit of the doubt anymore because I've been so explicit in what I've said. I've said, vote. But if you believe voting your way there is what's going to get you there, I've got some swamp land to sell you. I'm telling you, we must have a populist movement, period. OWS, MLK's uh, I Have a Dream all the civil rights, it was always based on a popular movement, okay? Always based. No real meaningful radical change happens without either a disaster or a popular movement. That's just the deal. It's, it, it's, it's not, a, you are not, you're going to vote to some amorphous thing and hope and pray that the amorphous God of, of nothing fundamentally will change will suddenly radically change something. And it's not going to happen. And you already know that the good news for the right wing is they don't have to do a lot of debating. They're just there to basically peel things back, to make things no government. We want government out, government bad. Eh, it's an easy prescription. But enough police to make sure that you can't take you know, a cucumber from my garden or whatever. So at the end of the day, these guys don't really require a leader per se. They all are on board with the same thing. It's very little deviation. It's simply no government, no taxes, laissez-faire. Let's get it on. They're happy. Hey, don't take touch my guns. Hey, this, I mean, simple shit. Hey, let me hate on the black people. Let me hate on the gay people. Stop, stop trying to control me. I'm, I, I want to hate who I want to hate. That kind of thing, right? Easy peasy. Doesn't take much of an agenda to do that. But then every time they can like poke a hole in the left, pop the left, you know, pretend like Joe Biden's a socialist or whatever, they all get behind it. It's like doesn't take any effort at all. They're already there. They're already, there. they get off on giving it to the left, just popping it to them a little bit, right? The difference here is, is that we're stuck trying to pretend that Joe Biden is the left. And Joe Biden is not only not the left, but he's not our leader. And so, therefore, there's no coherent strategy. There's no coherent anything. We as leftists have no leader at all. Bernie Sanders is the closest thing we've got to an effective leader. But Bernie, he's not running for office. And if he is running for office, it'll be a shocker. And even if he were running, how do you think he's going to get past the DNC this time? Right? They've already been grooming Pete Buttigieg. They've been grooming Kamala Harris. If you believe that you can vote your way there through the rigged Democratic primaries, I'm here to tell you the Easter Bunny isn't real. The Tooth Fairy isn't real. And I'm here to tell you that Santa Claus was probably your dad or, or maybe your mom's boyfriend or maybe your mom. Maybe you come from a household of single mom. Maybe she dressed up like St. Nick, you know? But the fact is, is that grow up, Peter Pan, Count Chuck. The Democratic Party has proven time and again that at any and all costs, they will use whatever superdelegate they need. They will use whatever procedural thing they need. They will rally 
the gatekeepers, the church keepers, the, the Clyburns and the Clintons and anybody else. They will funnel all the money they have in the entire machine to defeat a progressive and to work tirelessly to prevent us from having any station whatsoever. There is no one, no one withstanding that has an answer for that. And when I say answer for that, people, all of us have opinions. I have an opinion. And again, I think we all have assholes too, right? So opinions are like assholes. We all have one. But there's nobody that can coalesce the left. Nobody. And worse, and this might be the single most problematic part of this. If you're at this channel, if you're at RP, if you're coming to listen to me talk, you understand that I think understanding monetary operations is one of the most absolute important things that we could ever talk about, that we could ever know, that we could ever discuss, that we could ever share beyond anything else. I feel that this understanding is what sets the framework for everything thereafter. You understand what is possible and you bake programs around what is possible. Now, when I say possible, I'm not talking about politically possible and Overton window crap. I'm talking about what do we need? What do we want? Okay. And so without understanding monetary operations, you'll have people running around pushing nonsense about raising taxes to pay for things or having Medicare for all at a state level when states can't even create currency and probably out of all 50 states, maybe four of them have the ability to do something bold like that. When you understand economics and you don't just have opinions, but you have facts, you have a much stronger basis by which to create your entire programs, your, your, your direction. What are you, what, what is your scope statement? Who are you? What is your mission? It's a lot easier to sell people what you're trying to do when you actually understand what you're trying to do and you actually have a cohesive understanding. But alas, the right wing has worked tirelessly, tirelessly to, to be prepared to block us at every level. So you come back and you say, well, can we collectively come up with solutions together? See, I've been championing the 21st century Bill of Rights coupled with a Green New Deal and calling that the quote unquote, progressive left manifesto to get something to rally behind, to give us some form of true North, to figure out what it is that we want to fight for, you know? And so as I think to myself, you know, I, I vote, I, 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 I it, it's hilarious when I think of people that think that I'm saying not to vote. It makes me literally go blind with rage. Like, like to the point where if I saw them, I'd probably not be able to control myself, be angry so badly. I'm literally telling you that it in and of itself is not the be all and it's not the answer. And when you put politicians up and you're defending them and they're overtly out there stating things like we're going to balance the federal budget. We're going to raise taxes to pay for this, that, and the other. When they do that stuff, they're killing our movement. And you don't even realize it because you don't understand economics. And so as I think about it, do we need a leader? Well, 
I sadly have come to the conclusion that we do need a leader. And I'll tell you why. Part of it is simply that, you know, we, we have a whole bunch of neat, neat ideas and stuff, but some of them are adjacent. Some of them far divergent. Many of them don't go hand in glove. We can't get on the same page because we're trying to change the system. The other side is trying to defend the system and peel it back to an earlier time. So if you don't have a leader, I, I, I wish we didn't need a leader. I really do. I hate the fact that people need leaders. I hate that they, that they need that. I hate they need that. But unfortunately, society has really been dumbed down. And people get their feels up when you talk about things that bother them. And, you know, I think to myself, if you look at the numbers of who votes and who doesn't vote, voting is only one part of this. At the end of the day, the superdelegates at the presidential level have control over who gets it one way or the other. The only way to force that to not have any kind of merit is to have a popular movement aside from that to force them to not do it. The problem is they're so used to being able to get away with whatever they want to get away with. And they're used to a lot of good people making excuses for the system, not understanding the fact that there is a literal system. The democratic bylaws and the way that they structure everything prevents you from having a straight, direct voice. Even if you want, they have proven again and again and again that they could override what you said legally. Legally, they went to court to prove this. It makes me sad that we have to, re re to even go through this. It makes me sad that we don't realize and remember. We need to remember these things. We can't forget them. We must remember at all times that they have fought tooth and nail in court to say we have no responsibility to even run a primary, much less make it fair. They have every right under the sun to select, period. Whoever it is in the leadership positions has the right to do it because they are a private organization. Even though we're all literally held to these two parties by the way that the laws are written the first past the post etc we are literally held prey to corporate bylaws that allow them to select whoever they want to run period whether you wanted a good primary or not whether you donated a billion dollars to your favorite candidate doesn't matter they get to choose they get to choose and Ultimately, politics is about influence. Politics is about being able to get things done, being able to network, being able to get people motivated and believe in what you're trying to sell. And each of these candidates all over has their own different view. There's nothing really, it, yeah, you know what? Let me put this up. You're right. Um, there's really nothing uniting them. There's no broad-based 
progressive agenda. There's no broad-based, um, you know, these, these are the things we agree to, okay? So over here, you get a Joe Manchin claims he's a Democrat. By any term I'd say, I'd see he's not just a Republican, but he is a radical right-wing Republican, right? I mean, dude, is there's nothing about him that would say leftist. Now, again, don't confuse Democrat with leftist, right? Since Bill Clinton and the gang bought into the third way uh, policies back in the early 90s, and since Bill Clinton went out there, hung out at some poor sap's freaking execution, a, a handicapped man's execution, just to prove to the GOP that he was tough on crime. Seriously. Ever since that time period, the Democrats have gone further and further away. Because if you remember, the Democrats were in the desert during the Reagan era. They couldn't figure out how to crack past that Tip O'Neill, all that gang. They couldn't figure out what the hell to do. And so they decided after that, Bill Clinton was the first one to start advancing the real third way, right wing approach. And they're basically, instead of it being, let's build a wall, it's like, let's invest in our border security. See, it's the same thing, but just said differently. Oh, it doesn't hurt my ears so bad when they say invest in border security. And yet here we go. So. Where do we find a leader that will ride and die with us, that will go down swinging, that won't give in at the end? Do we need them to be an elected official? Do we need them to be the leader of a party? Could they be from Extinction Rebellion? Could they be from Sunrise Movement? Could they be from DSA? Could they be from Communist Party USA? Could they be from the unions? Could they be from SEIU? Could they be from CWA? Could they, where, where, where would a leader come from? You know? And, and the problem is, is that so many primaries have been rigged. So much question marks have been had regarding the elections that many, 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 many people have basically gotten to the point where they don't believe anymore. They stop believing in the system altogether. And they've become nihilist and they've checked out. But without having a leader, that's that means it's up to us, right? And not just us, but organizations that are willing to organize together collectively to do what they did during Occupy Wall Street. I don't know why we act like this didn't happen. Like, I literally don't understand why we act like that didn't happen. Like, we have to wait for the Democrats to tell us it's okay to fight back against war, to fight back against austerity, to fight back against or fight for a Green New Deal, regardless of whether Biden's putting crap out there. Why, why is it people think we have to wait in line for that to happen? And this is what I'm talking about organizing outside of the political party. I don't understand why. Why that's hard to understand. I don't know why I have to hear a bunch of crap about, well, we ought to vote. I already fucking said that. Let me give you this wax remover for your ears. Pull that shit right out. I already said vote. So why would anyone ever come back at me and say I didn't say vote? That's, that's reprehensible to me. That's unforgivable, quite frankly. To misrepresent what I've said, fuck you. Fuck that. I didn't say that. I said vote. 
So don't ever come at me and say, I'm not saying to vote. I'm saying in addition to that, what happens with the Democratic Party? They co-opt movements. They explain to you how everything you want is pie in the sky. And then they kill it. And they do it every time. Look back to Jesse Jackson if you want your first dose of that. Look back to so many figures throughout American history. There is a long line of tombstones for all the movements the Democratic Party has co-opted, rolled in, silenced, and killed. And during that time period, the party has done more to make it hard to eliminate student debt. They've made it impossible to write it off in bankruptcy. They've made life very, very hard for average people, all in the name of being not the Republicans. The Republicans are fucking lunatic fringe. So I'm not saying, again, this is the, the uselessness of some people attacking me as if I'm saying vote. Re Fuck a Republican. I'm not saying vote Republican either. I'm making the distinct point that this is what we need. This is what we're, you know that we're in an existential climate crisis. I don't need to tell you that. And if I do, we're in real tough shape. We're in real tough shape if I tell you that we've got to take care of this existential climate crisis. If you aren't at least there, we're in trouble. And quite frankly, I think we're in trouble because I think there's far too many people out there that think we've got forever that really aren't looking up, that are busy watching the Kardashians and other crap, and that really don't understand that we've got an existential climate crisis. This is here and now. And you know what? Interestingly enough, it's going to impact Republicans as well, whether they like it or not. But in my weekend readings, I'm understanding that not only are libertarians and right-wingers, but even some Democrats are working on creating these autonomous floating villages, basically, on the ocean. They're willing to take their money and their power and make sure they're okay, price you out of it, while simultaneously buying up the houses inland and then renting them back to you at a price you can't afford. There's no one fighting for us right now. No one. And so as I think to myself, what do we do here, right? People, people aren't paying attention to this shit. I mean, I have these great podcasts where I have the experts telling you, and people still come out of there with the same exact establishment mush in their mouth. The same exact establishment mush in their mouth. And, and failing to understand that if we don't find groups that are willing to take this forward, the parties aren't going to do it. During the Biden transition, people like Sarah Nelson, you know, uh, Derek Hamilton, Stephanie Kelton, others worked on that Bernie team. They were part of the Bernie team trying to set things up to, you know, incorporate some of the progressive values into Biden's campaign. It was terrible. It didn't work out. None of what we asked for was in there. And this is with Bernie 
and his all of his top lieutenants in there trying to negotiate trying to negotiate to get any of this stuff move forward and literally none of it did none of it not some of it none of it so who is there to counter and i'm not talking about as part of a right wing thing i'm talking about as a a, a populist front to say you made promises you did not deliver on them to say any of this stuff and if you find out empirically that everything we're fighting for is fraudulent because they're not going to do it because they're just there to keep us believing right as long as we believe in what they're doing they don't have to do anything because we will ultimately reflexively not only defend them, but defend the system and pretend like, even though people like Bill Black have said, nowhere near, nowhere near the regulatory environment there to control and really make sure that the right things are done from Wall Street to voting, quite frankly. We don't have the kind of control that we need to be able to ensure kind of transparency and the kind of, uh, the word i'm looking for um to ensure that you can hang your hat and believe in what they've done if you believe that it was fair and you just lost you just lost it happens right hell i ran for treasurer running for having golf pep rallies in school and i didn't win the damn election okay fair enough but what happens if you don't believe that the election's fair consistently? Like, I can assure you, nobody felt like Bernie Sanders lost to Hillary Clinton. I can assure you that nobody felt Bernie Sanders was going to lose to Joe Biden. Joe Biden was sound asleep for the first six primary contests. And when they got to Super Tuesday, they saw Bernie Sanders getting ready to run the table. And they did what they always do, which is collapse and got all their people out there and boom it was done it was over it was gone and just like that like a fart in the wind it was over so how does any of this stuff come to be if you can't just vote your way there the people we've elected constantly we've got paternalistic people say well you know there's only a couple of them there they can't really do anything and I think, gosh, Steve, don't think about the Spartans at 300, you know, the 300 Spartans at the hot gates. Don't think about that stuff. Don't, don't think about small groups of people doing amazing things. Don't think about people, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I also think to myself, do we need at this point, since we haven't had any leftists in office forever, do we need really people going in there? trying to be forever politicians that just become part of the co part of the machine or do we need people that are willing to be one termers that are willing to shake the structure up and say things that are you know say things that are true not sit there and use you know, couched language or whatever I, I i think we do i think we need people willing to fundamentally shake the structure up even if it costs them their position because that's where we are in this particular arc 
of history. We don't have any power except the power that we choose to take. And too many people, oh, we need to have more progressives in office before we can dream of anything. Because how else are we going to do anything? We got ranching and cinema. Well, I guess we're just going to have to die then. I guess we all just have to wait and die. Because there's no, there's nothing else we can do. We voted. It didn't work. It's over. That's what most assholes are coming to me with that aren't hearing what I'm saying. I don't know why they don't hear. Perhaps they don't want what I'm saying. Perhaps they don't like the fact that they may have to get their ass up and actually work with people, actually show up and do something other than just yell and scream at their television or pound on their keyboard. I don't know. So the 45, let's, let's talk about this double K. The 45 to 55% that don't vote. Why do you think these people don't vote? Just curious. Let's, let's, let's take a list of things of why people don't vote. Some people will start at the bottom. Poor, don't have transportation, can't get to and from elections. Maybe they're sick. Maybe they're so depressed and living feral and trying to survive that the idea of voting and standing in line for six hours because they purposely have narrowed down the polling places, maybe it's too much for them. Maybe that's part of it. The other part is maybe they have voted in the past and they have seen the selling out that occurs and they've seen that nothing much gets accomplished and they start saying, well, then I guess nothing can happen, right? And then you've got the other people that flat out look at this and say, why in the world should I vote for Joe Biden again? What, what, what about Joe Biden represents me and my interests and my, my way of life, my anything? You know, so there's a whole list of things, but it's not just Democrats that don't vote. It's Republicans too, right? So it's not like it only cuts this way. Folks, this is an equal opportunity thing. Our system has made people not give a fuck. Rather than punching at the people that don't vote, recognize that the system has betrayed them, that corporations are now seen as people. In fact, if you read Brett Scott's cloud money book, you'll understand that not only is it that way, but they also literally have bots that are replacing tellers in banks. They're replacing service workers with bots every step along the way because this is the next step in personhood. You got Alexa with Amazon. You got Siri with Apple. You got Erica with, I think it's uh, one of the mortgage companies or JP Morgan. I don't know. Point is, is that there is an awful lot of things that are replacing and happening at lightning fast speed where people are not able to stay caught up in it and they don't feel like they have any agency. They feel like there's no one listening to them. There's why if they vote, why do it? Who's gonna who's gonna do what I need anyway? Who cares if my teeth are rotting out of my mouth as long as somebody's stock goes up an extra point, right? So it's about focus and it's about what's happening. And literally, when you have Kelton, Darity, I mean not Darity, but uh, Hamilton and Sarah Nelson and others in there pushing for a Green New Deal, and me and told now. Pushing for a job guarantee in their life. Now, 
pushing for Medicare for all, and they're like, no. What do you do? You need to get the people out of their seats. You need to get the people engaged in democracy. And democracy is way bigger than voting. Voting is a single transaction. One time, hit the button, done. But between election A and election B, a lot of shit happens. A lot of shit happens. The discourse, the popular discourse happens. Getting in front of these groups, we're still talking to people today that think that taxes fund federal spending. I'm not joking. There are still people out there after all this time and countless people, the deficit myth being a number one bestseller on the New York Times, Warren Mosler being out there, real progressives being out there, all these podcasts, you name it. Just now, recently, what is it, 2022? Bree Joy Gray, Brianna, is out there bringing Fadal Kaboob on things like Rising, on her show, you know, Bad Faith Podcast, et cetera. Just now, in the year 2022, two Bernie Sanders campaigns gone by and just now talking MMT. Just now. The regular people are still hell-bent that we need to eat the rich to get their tax dollars so that we can have schools funded, so that we can have a Green New Deal. They're still listening to people like Elizabeth Warren who's saying we got to sell green energy to finance a Green New Deal. There is no leader out there right now. And there are very few representatives out there right now. That even with their best of intentions, their most loving hearts, when they get in there and they go to vote, they still think that a balanced budget makes sense to them. There are still people within the Green Party and other leftist parties that believe that we're drowning in national debt. They still don't understand. 2022, they still don't understand. So when you vote, just know that 350 million people in this country, let's say however many are voting age, and then as Catherine made the point, you know, 50, 55% don't vote. Of those people, how many of them do you think believe that federal taxes pay for federal spending? How many of them do you believe think that the United States government is broke? How many of them do you think would accidentally impose thinking that it's their hard-earned tax dollars and the government's wasting their hard-earned tax dollars and would vote against the very thing they need? How many of them do you think if we had a constitutional convention and the left showed up at the constitutional convention and the right wing proposed a federal balanced budget that the left wouldn't sit there and say, oh, that's great. That way we can tax the rich to balance the budget. And the rich would be saying, hey, now we don't have to worry about spending on your stupid teardrop leftist programs. We don't have to waste our hard-earned tax dollars. On you. And that would be shake hands on it, and they would agree to it. That's terrifying. But that's it. That's it.
So we come out here every single day trying to explain how important it is to understand economics. But what leader, what leader is out there within the political party that you're going to go rush to the polls and stand six hours in line to vote for? What leader is getting them to understand that austerity is murder? What leader do you think is helping them understand that? And the sad truth is, we don't have any leaders right now running for office that are saying these things. And the people that are saying these things are marginalized in favor of clickbait alt-media shit. And so the way I look at the world, I carve it up. It's the whole, there's the umbrella, it encompasses everything. But I look at voting and electoralism as one tiny piece of the pie over here. I look at educating people and making sure we know what we're fighting for as another part of that problem right there. The next part of that is actually coming up with policies and getting people understanding what those policies are. It's one thing to understand theory. It's one thing to understand and debunk lies and myths that we've been told. Then we've got to also build policy. Look at, look at the policy coming from these folks. I mean, they're still hyping up a UBI, a libertarian right-wing coup d'etat to rip apart the social safety nets, the last vestiges of FDR's New Deal. They're looking to rip that apart and dismantle government services and give you some money. Here, have some money. You poor person, go ferret out the best deal. Get your bargaining power, collective bargaining power for the best prices. But as you've seen with the inflation that's gone up, if you have a set amount of money and inflation goes up, what's going to happen? And then what do the rich do when they hear printing money, when somebody tells them they're going to print money? They raise prices because they think you've got it. So they raise them until they can't raise them anymore. There's your inflation. It's got nothing to do with printing money. It's got nothing to do with you. It's got to do with the fact that they know they can gouge from you. So they try to do it. Even when it's not real. It's the perception that you have money. They printed money. And so with that in mind, I think of policy, education, electoralism, activism, and activism. That's the third pillar in real progressives and has been since 2015. The third is activism. Unfortunately, getting people to do anything is a fucking challenge and a half. Just ask anybody that's been asked to actually do something. How quickly they go, well, I think Stranger Things is on tonight and uh, going golfing and I may be playing tennis and uh, I'm going to go on a picnic and uh, yeah, that whole volunteering thing, that's, a, that's just, mm, I don't know, I got other things going on. It's just hard to do, you know? And so... Activism, though, is literally the cornerstone. And so when you see people like, I'm going to be speaking in the nation's capital next Saturday at the March for Medicare for All. So if you're in Washington, D.C. next Saturday, come on out and catch us. We're going to be marching. I think the march starts at 11, goes on through to like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But ultimately, if, if you think about what I'm saying, activism has always been a core component of what we say we are. 
Now, what we are, what we do, is eh, a little different. Not because I don't want to, not because the charter isn't fucking there. <laughs> not because we haven't been talking about for years in PowerPoint and writing and everything else. Let's build chapters so that we can spread this out. It really comes down to being able to get people to not flounce and not have a case of the ass and, and freaking unite and do these things. So at all steps in this process, you're dealing with people, people problem. You're dealing with people problem, dealing with people not willing to go the extra mile. In other cases, it's people that can't go the extra mile, similar to the people that can't or won't vote. Okay. No different than that, unfortunately. By the way, thank you so much, Double K, for the nice donation. You know we need it badly. Um, so please keep them rolling in. But I, but I tell you this because I don't know how we move forward. I don't know how you move forward with a system that is literally geared. And our Constitution was even written to protect private property, to protect corporations at the expense of labor. They took slavery, ended it, and then gave us an open-air plantation where now they try to, instead of whipping us, they just go ahead and raise interest rates or they cut spending. They bring about recessions. They use the Phillips curve to justify laying people off. They do all these things to discipline us, to keep us right where we are so that we don't get all uppity and think we can just go be free or something. They make it so that they're disciplining labor so that we are stuck. And so if you're not willing to look at that, you can't lead us out of that. You've got to address the problem as it is and then address how to fix that problem. And so who is going to do it? Do you need a leader? Do we need leaders? Now, I love this, but I'm going to put our, um, our, our show uh, promo up here real quick. You know, I mean, we've got Malcolm X, we've got Lenin, we've got Che, we got Bernie Sanders, we've even got Dessaline. Okay, we've got some really good names up there. But the fact is, is that do we need a leader? And you see the Pavlovian responses that people have for their leaders. You see this weird protectionism for leaders. These political figures, it, it, I have been trained to believe that they are not leaders, that they are public servants, that they're there to do our bidding. When we treat them as leaders, they lead us. They, they lead us to a place that we didn't want to be led to. And, and so that, to me, is a big problem. That, to me, is a big problem. So, again, think about the four pillars of real progressives. Policy. Education activism, media. Those are the four things. Without media, you got no way of controlling the message. And if you think about it, nine-tenths of the movement is busy watching clickbait for alt-media wars. Doesn't really speak to a revolutionary group of people, does it? Doesn't really speak to having focus. They'd rather hear about how Nomiki Konst is a sellout and so-and-so is a, a charlatan and so-and-so is just a a sellout, right? They, that's, that's, ah, oh, let me spend an hour watching this shit on my fucking phone. Okay. This is the garbage. 
But you realize, without a leader, things don't happen. They don't happen. And, and so you need a visionary, unfortunately. I wish that wasn't the case. I wish we really were true leftists that were happy to be, you know, we're all the same or this or that, everything, blah, blah. But we're not, and we're not going to be that way. And we haven't been trained to be that way, and our lives haven't been that way. And people are not wired to be that way. Unfortunately, people are wired to follow someone. Going all over the place. And if you can't unite, if you can't have unity, there is no way of moving forward and creating policy. That's the problem. The right has a, 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 uni-focused approach. It's, it doesn't require a lot of brains. It doesn't require a lot of thought. It's a simple thing of government bad, repeal, block, replace, and that's about it. My guns. Left, it's very complicated. Group A has this thing they want. Group B has this thing they want. Group C has this thing they want. And all of them are minority splinter groups that want these things. And without uniting all these little things together, create a cohesive whole. They're not interested. You know, you've got folks within the um, Eidos community that are like, if you don't directly speak to reparations, and I'm not talking about for the diaspora, I'm talking about just for Eidos. We're not coming. We're not helping you. You're not, we're not interested. You focus on Eidos or that's that. You've got the LGBTQ uh, community that has absolutely, it's like, guys, we, we got a target on our backs. They're going to kill us. We need you to focus. Okay, we got to focus on that. And then we've got women who are saying, God damn, they took away my bodily autonomy. Holy shit. You're right. We got we to gotta focus on that. So there's all these micro things that handle for group, small group. These guys over here, they're like, burn it down, man. <laughs> Easy. There's your slogan, burn it down. And they're good. That's it, man. Vote, vote red no matter who. Whatever, right? You get my point. We have so much infighting, so much circular fire squads, but we also have people that continually sell out to establishment ideas that allow people to suffer. And that's no bueno either. So without a freaking unfortunate leader, without having someone that's a leader that can pull all those warring factions together, get them to see the value in each other and get them to recognize that we have the resources. We don't require raising taxes to pay for these things, that we can do your thing, your thing, your thing. And that it's not going to take away from your thing and your thing. If you don't think about that. Then you're going to end up fighting your tribe, so to speak. You're going to end up fighting against the people that would help you get where you need to be. So. I think it's important to take a step back and realize that politics is a strange business. If you're not applying pressure, someone else is. If you're not uniting the people, 
someone else is uniting them for you in a different way than you thought. If you're not building structures to support the sustained battle against these very well-invested people. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't believe I almost missed this line here, but I got to put this up. Yes. Thank you. That's it. Uh, it well, no, yeah, I misread this. Have this ran on the Vanguard. <laughs> we need to be a Vanguard is what I thought that I was reading there. So Nathan, great point, but that's not, <laughs> I misread. We have to find somebody that can pull all these ideas into one, whatever you want to call it, one umbrella and bring them all together. And the closest we had to that, the closest we had to that was Bernie Sanders. Wasn't perfect. Bernie didn't talk reparations, so he lost a huge swath of ADOS, potential ADOS voters. And unfortunately, many of the ADOS community believe that immigrants are stealing their lunch. And so we've got all kinds of education that has to take place. Having a federal job guarantee, we need to be able to explain why so we can bring everyone into the fold. Because otherwise we're left in that whole circular, you know, the Spider-Man meme that you've seen where they're all pointing at each other. That's what we're stuck with. So who that leader is, you know, I personally revile the idea of needing a leader. Hate it. But I say, yeah, exactly, Mark. This is the key here. This is what I've been running my life on. This is what I've been envisioning. But sadly, you still see people, if they don't have a leader to hang on to, they're not going to be involved. They don't, it's, it's not important enough. It's not important. Until Bernie Sanders says something, they're not listening. That's it's, it's definitely unfortunate. It's extremely unfortunate. You know, you can love Bernie, you know, for God's sake. I mean, if you listen to the macaron cheese podcast that I spend most of my time doing, then what you end up with is fiasco. I mean, Let me, let me put a bow on this because we're right at the end here. If we want to move forward as a movement, we kind of have to decide, can we walk and chew gum? Can we both vote and not be stymied by a party and still organize collectively outside that party? Or do we all have to lockstep in which candidate we want, which party we're in and all that stuff to be able to make the case that we want to survive climate change? because the Democrats sure aren't good salespeople for this. They're, they're busy focused on January 6th right now. They're busy focused on Ukraine and Russia right now. And quite honestly, the more I learn, the deeper I go, and wait till you hear this week's, not today, but like this coming Saturday's interview with Bill Mitchell. I'll have Bill Mitchell on macaron cheese this week you're going to realize how very late the hour is 
And you're not going to think you've got 40 years to figure this out, which is what a lot of people think that we've just got this long time that we can keep doing these sideways things and keep trying the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And that somehow or another be different this time, be different this time. But what we need is a movement. Yes, we need a movement. We need a movement. Understanding starting point, economic justice. Economic justice is the starting point. It's the cornerstone of every single other thing you and I and everyone else wants. But sadly, because it involves understanding economics, the gatekeepers that have the huge channels that all their promo picks for the YouTube channel are nothing but alt media wars. I don't know why, but a lot of you guys watch that shit. I mean, I, I turn, I look in there and I see a thousand people live watching a shit show, an absolute shit show. But hey, it's no wonder we aren't united. It's no wonder we're not making progress. And it's no wonder we can't get out of our own way. Because if that's what you waste your time doing, the right wing's already got our number. You don't have to worry about a thing. And by right wing, I'm not talking Democrat, Republican. I'm talking about the corporate class, the establishment that literally sees us as just pieces on a chessboard to get what they want. So with that, I'm Steve Grumbheim with the Rogue Scholar, hoping you guys will consider thinking beyond the election booth and come up with a strategy. Whether you need a leader or not, I don't know. I personally think we can get together, but assuming that's not the case, we got to figure it out. Until we talk next, have a good one, y'all. I'm out. The Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash realprogressives.